Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Our Big Show. This is Are You Fan Jerry, and this is the first edition of the 2016 season for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm excited uh, to be back. Uh, it's been a while since we've been on the show, and uh, it's it's also a very uh, fun time to be a Rutgers fan. I mean, it's the beginning of the season. I think everybody always, uh, no matter what kind of fan uh, you are, you're always optimistic about what's coming up in the season. Obviously, Rutgers this year, this season is going in with a uh, new coaching staff, uh, Coach Ash, uh, and a lot of positivity, um, the honeymoon period, if you will, uh, between that uh, the new coaching staff, the media, uh, and just the, the positive vibes around uh, the athletic department, including uh, the, the new AD, Patrick Hobbs. And I, I just a an opportunity uh, for everybody uh, to reflect on where they were at certain times uh, last year, you know, particularly heading into uh, the first or second game of the season, well, really the first game when some of the suspensions that started to take place uh, came right away. So it's a good place where Rutgers is right now, whether it's um, on the recruiting trail or, or just uh, positivity around the program, even on on, on the basketball end uh, in terms of fundraising, uh, on uh, building facilities. So kind of very uh, uh, exciting time. Now uh, they have a very tough task in hand flying out to play the Washington Huskies, uh, a team that is uh, um, on the verge of a breakout, uh, according to most uh, prognosticators. So, um, you know, without further ado, I'm glad to have um, Sam Hellman come on the show, uh, our, our or a friend of the show, who's going to chat a little bit about what, what his feel is on, on the team and also the time uh, that we are, uh, you know, heading into week one. So uh, let me welcome um, Sam. Sam, how's it going? It's going great. How you doing? Good. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, I kind of... Um, uh, you know, early in the season, these preseason, you know, podcasts, and uh, you know, I listened to a few of myself of, of for Washington you know, to get kind of an idea of them. And you know, everybody's just very positive, right? You know, everybody's, uh, you know, yeah, you know, we're gonna go. We're playing Rutgers. We're gonna have to, you know, you know, we should score fifty and get this going. You know, so um, I find it kind of useless to kind of pre- preview the first games of the season because really nobody knows, and um, you know, what what type of team you have, but. You know, Rutgers definitely, it, it is a unique case in the sense that it's a whole new coaching staff and a new vibe. Um, you know, what, what's your take on, on the, I guess, the feeling of the program as they get ready to fly out uh, to Washington, Seattle? Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of Washington fans are probably excited and see an easy win here, but I'll tell you what, the Washington coaches do not see it that way. The, the word that I've heard a thousand times out of the Washington camp this week is uncertainty. When you have a new offensive coordinator, you're moving to this no-huddle spread, uh, you're changing your defensive scheme, you're changing everything. Washington doesn't know what to expect. Washington is the more talented team, and there's no question about that. But beyond that, there's a lot of concern. They, they don't know what to expect for Rutgers, so you, they don't really know how to game plan for this. Yeah, and, and I think um, to your point, uh, you know, obviously coaches are coaches, but Coach Peterson made a good point of, you know, how, how you uh, prepare, you know, not just so much, uh, you know, they have to dig up, you know, where, where do these 
guys come from, these coordinators that are, are going to be, you know, uh, you look at the Rutgers offensive coordinator coaching his first game. And, uh, you know, so you have to go back to, okay, he came from Houston. Let's look at some Houston tape. So you're right. It's, it's a little bit more of a um, uh, uncertain process than, you know, we know what kind of offense these guys run. And this is going to be the first time that us as fans and, and let alone the opponent are going to see a new Rutgers offense. Yeah. I mean, you can figure out pretty easily what Rutgers is going to do. I mean, I've, I've been talking about it. Lots of people have talked about it for a while now, what the offense is, but you know what it is in theory, but until you see it in action, you don't know where the real strengths and weaknesses and wrinkles are of that offense. Obviously there's a lot of no huddle. There is read option. There's traditional bootleg option, but you don't know where the players do well, and you don't see any weaknesses to exploit because there is no film to watch. Yeah, and I've you know this game itself, uh, Washington is as, as you mentioned, you know, a lot of talent on this team. This is a team that's put together consecutive highly rated recruiting classes. Um, this is Coach Peterson's third year, so it's kind of you know he's got his players in there now for a full cycle. You know at least two years into the program where he guys that he brought in a full class. So th- there's definitely a lot of optimism. There's a lot of talent. Um, you know, however, it's a, a program that's going to be kind of, or players themselves that are actually inexperienced in terms of living up to expectations. So, uh, you know, there's going to be some uncertainty. And, and at the end of the day, it is a team that was seven and six while they looked very good in the last three games of the season, you know, they were a seven and six program. So, um, it's it's very uh, interesting the type of predictions I've seen even all the way up to potential national championship contender. So uh, it's all over the place. So it's game one, and I think uh, you know they'll be have a little bit of internal pressure on themselves to to perform well too. Look, I I don't think that Washington is going to win by twenty nine points like Las Vegas does but they are the clear favorite for a reason. They got one of the best quarterbacks and one of the best young running backs in the country. Rutgers doesn't really have either of those. And so for that alone, I think I understand why most people see Washington winning with a blowout. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I've been wrong before. Uh, And not only that, uh, you know, again, when it gets into strengths and weaknesses, obviously, you, you can't help to look at Rutgers statistic wise and the defense that they, you know, the type of yardage they gave up last year. Uh, and, and, you know, it, they get back their high profile receiver in John Ross. Uh, it's going against a secondary that's still, uh, again, looking at statistics from last year, you know, it's just still a relatively a young secondary, even though a lot of them played uh, or played a lot last year. Um, and then likewise, it's a very good defense that Washington has. And, and, you know, some consider uh, perhaps the, one of the best secondaries in the whole country, uh, you know, led by, by their corner, Sidney Jones and safety, Butter Baker. So the question, of course, I got to get right out there with you, because I know I had you on the show and you chatted and, uh, you know, about the quarterback situation and um, what your take and feeling on Chris Laviano's handle of the team going into the season. Well, when you phrase the question that way, I would say that I'm confident in Chris Laviano as a leader for Rutgers. This is the guy that the locker room believes in. That was the case last year, but last year they kind of believed in him by default. This year they believe Mm -hmm. in him because he earned it. 
Uh, Chris Laviano worked his tail off all off season. He was not where he needed to be in spring. He had some attitude problems. He flew off the media and something as vanilla as the spring game. But then a switch flipped sometime in May. Uh, his veteran teammates talked with him, sat down, and they came out of these conversations saying, all right, we're all in. Chris Laviano's quote to me the other day when I spoke to him was that my teammates deserve a quarterback that is all in, and that's what I'm going to be. And I've seen nothing but commitment from Chris Laviano uh, in terms of his leadership. Right. And, and you're right. I did kind of question, you know, phrase that for a reason because, yeah, you hopefully, I mean, as a fan, you stay, you know, people definitely obviously can improve. I mean, he just was a, a Red Sox sophomore last year. So there's a lot, there's still room for improvement on the football field. But, you know, for the most part, as fans, you know what you're going to get with him. Uh, and, you know, you just hope there's a steady progression. Uh, but it was some of the other you know, through reading through the lines, you get an idea that there were some other issues that, you know, potentially now he's matured and grown into that leadership role, which um, I think, as you said, there's no doubt about it. He has took on two different quarterback battles with two different staffs and, and he came out the guy on top. So um, clearly, uh, as you said, he earned it. So uh, there's, there's no question on, on that end. So I guess, you know, looking at the, you know, this game in particular, um, you know, kind of give me, you know, maybe your, your one or two things that have to go right. And, you know, two things that if you start happening, you know, things are going to go wrong. Well, I'll start with uh, something Chris Ash said on Monday. For, for those that watched his press conference, someone asked him, you know, do, do you expect any, you know, operational issues, any, any kinks in the armor early just because there's so many changes and Chris Ash's response, he said it ironically, but we're going to be perfect. We're not going to screw up at all. There will be no growing pains. We've got this down. Uh, but I'll tell you what, he was joking, but they need to be perfect to win this game. Uh, the mistakes that Rutgers and Everly makes, if you're talking about a false start or a delay a game or a substitution error, that's fine. But you're talking about, a receiver cutting off the route at the wrong time that ends in an interception. If you're talking about a fumble from a running back, which was an issue in training camp, if you're talking about bless on Austin getting torched and impressed, man, those mistakes can't happen at all because there's no margin for error against Washington. Washington's defense is too dangerous. It's too powerful. So I would say that that is, I guess, kind of answers both your questions. You need perfect execution. And if you start to see that unravel early, Rutgers is in trouble. Now, let me ask you, because, you know, the one, you know, following depth charts and personnel, and a lot of this, I think, are games and shit and different, you know, poise for motivation to different players. Uh, you know, there's no doubt we talk about the spread, and we know, and I think everybody here knows that no matter what, they're going to run the ball. And Rutgers, is, it's a strength. They have three, you know, potentially four running backs that, that – can do that. Um, Goodwin just kind of, uh, you know, coming out as, you know, seemingly uh, the man on top right now. Um, is that, you know, something that you see as, as factual or do you think it's kind of played a hot hand between Goodwin, Martin and Hicks? I think it's a little bit of everything. Justin Goodwin had a great off season. He, he's, I think he added probably 20 pounds. He's actually heavier. He's bigger than Robert Martin is now. 
And uh, the thing I would say about Justin Goodwin is he's always understood the idea of pass protection better than Martin and Hicks. There's a reason that Kyle Flood used him as the third down back is because mentally he really understood his responsibilities. That's where you start when you're installing a new offense is you go with the guys that know what to do. Also, Justin Goodwin's general skill set fits a spread offense better. He's not a grinder between the tackles. He's a guy that you use to stretch the field uh, horizontally, and I think he does that well. But also, you got to keep in mind that Robert Martin's been banged up, and I think that both Martin and Hicks have had some issues off the field this offseason. You've heard uh, Chris Ash and running backs coach Zach Core talk about both of them needing to buy in more, show a little more maturity, that kind of thing. So that's part of it. I think that Goodwin being the fifth-year senior that he is adjusted best to change, and he also worked very hard to get where he is. No, I don't think he's going to be the feature back this season, but he's going to be the guy that gets the first carry at Washington. Yeah, um, obviously, you know, that a little bit on the depth chart change there. Uh, you know, I guess give me maybe uh, one player that, you know, maybe hasn't been talked about enough as he should be in, in the media that you maybe think will come out and, uh, you know, put some noise out there that, or get some more playing time to people that might expect, uh, you know, for, for game one or a guy that you're really, you know, kind of anxious to see how they perform uh, in this game. Well, for game one, the guy that I haven't, that I don't think has gotten enough love this off season is Anthony Chaffee. Everyone knows who he is. Everyone loves, you know, the, uh, the son of Springfield, New Jersey, uh, you know, the son of deli owner, uh, he hasn't gotten the attention he deserves because he's a guy that is now finally playing in the right position. He's not being asked to play 25 yards off the line of scrimmage and then, you know, look like he's late on the ball because of where he's asked to play. He's playing pretty close to the line of scrimmage now as a strong safety. He is going to be a key part of their run support in the secondary. And you you ever seen Anthony Chaffee play at any level, you know that he it's cliche, but he has a nose for the football. If there's a turnover, odds are that he's around it. So whether he's playing corner, free safety, strong safety, I don't care. He's going to be a guy that influences turnovers in football games this season. You know what? The interesting thing is, too, in terms of Ash's background as a defensive uh, coach, um, and there's several coaches that that are defensive back coach. Do you see that kind of playing dividends, you know, potentially right away? Oh, absolutely. It's not so much Ash's background that helps. It helps the players buy in because they see defensive backs coach, they see national championship. It's that he, Bill Bush and Aaron Henry to help coach the secondary. No longer is Rutgers asking one man, Daryl Wilson, to manage an entire secondary. Now there are two full-time coaches there plus a graduate assistant. Aaron Henry is one of the bright young coaches. I do not think he'll be at Rutgers long because I think many promotions are in his future. Bill Bush is an excellent football coach. He's an analytical mind, and he's someone that was just doing uh, quality control work for Ohio State, so he has the same championship pedigree in the secondary that Chris Ash brings. So I think that You combine those three coaches with a young secondary that, frankly, was embarrassed last year with its own performance, 
and you have you have a lot to to work with. The depth is not there yet, especially at corner. They're very very weak after the first three guys, but after that, I mean, there's a lot of reason to be excited. Yeah, and you agree with Coach Henry. You kind of bring up another question I have. Um, you know, there, there's multiple ways when you first get a job um, and you, you know, how you put together your staff, you know, maybe go with high, really experienced guys, go with young upstart guys that are just going to, you know, grind it out and, and uh, you know, have the potential to, to be great, you know, and uh, is there a little bit of both? And is, is there, you know, from what you've seen, a nice balance between, you know, the young and hungry guys and then some, you know, guys that have the experience and knowledge as well? Yeah, I, w- I would say yes to that. Rutgers has a couple of young, hungry guys. Aaron Henry would be the guy that I would mention first. Uh, running backs coach Zach Core comes from that James Madison group that Drew Merringer came from. Uh, I really, really like offensive line coach A.J. Blazik. This is his first opportunity at uh, the BCS level, but he's a guy that did it under Kirk Ferentz at Iowa as a player, and he – he really just knows how to relate to offensive linemen. So I love him as a young, hungry guy that's going to develop his players. And then there's some, some savvy veterans. Uh, Vince O'Crew, the special teams coordinator, is your classic, you know, crotchety old coach. And I say that with respect. He's just He's been around the game for a long time, so he has that, that sarcasm and the, the bitterness that comes with being a longtime coach. I think that they have a very good balance of that. I'm not sure if the young coaches are all ready right away for their roles, but that's the reason you bring in young coaches is so you can mold them to what you want. Chris Ashton has coaches now that maybe don't know exactly what they're supposed to do, so Chris Ashton is going to teach them to do it his way. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, as I said, so many different things that will go into um, what defines success here. Uh, you, you know, you, Rutgers is obviously a perfect you know scenario. Get to a bowl game, six and six. Uh, I don't, you know, this is not a game that in that roadmap um, that they would have to win. Uh, so, with that being said, and with the expectations, uh, you know, we talked about Washington. I mean, look, I, I'm I'm a big Phil Steele fan in terms of uh, you know the predictions and guys, and then he runs a few of his. Uh, sets where he has them, you know, this team going really far. And so this is a good team that they're going to go out and play. So with that said, like, you know, what would you constitute as kind of, you know, uh, a success, not necessarily just win and loss, um, but, you know, uh, not into moral victories anymore, but, you know, is it a moral victory to go out there and and play well and come up with a loss? I I would consider this year a success. Throw the record out the window. It's, It's, it's probably not going to be that good. I would consider this year a success if they're they just if Rutgers is able to do things the right way. They need to show progress on the field. They need to lose games because they're the less talented team, not because they're making silly mistakes and have no discipline and players are getting suspended and players are quitting or, or anything like that. I judge this based on work ethic and if I see consistent effort from this team, if I see coaching, good play calling, good in-game adjustments, if I see 
a team stay as healthy as it has been remarkably through training camp, knock on wood, then I will call this year a success. This is not a bring in a new coach and win 10 games rebuild. This is a, our program is a mess. We need to start over rebuild. And those changes don't happen in one year. So whether it's four and eight, six and six, three and nine, I don't care about that as much as I care about uh, playing the game the right way and having players that understand what they need to do and follow the example of Chris Ash. I agree. I agree. Uh, so we start out there, you know, for those of those who have figured out a way to see the game and <laughs> the game will be on two o'clock on Saturday. And Sam, I appreciate, I know you were out there on the road scouting, you know, uh, future, uh, Rutgers talent. So, uh, I, I appreciate you coming on today and, um, you know, we'll get you back on in the future and, you know, do a nice quick show today and get it out. Uh, and, and also good luck on your podcast as well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, what I'll say, I, I, I'm on the road now, you know, and I'm very glad that it didn't start pouring until after the scrimmage that I was at today. I got to check out Cedar Creek Rutgers commits Bo Melton and Owen Bowles today. They played against Harrison Hand, uh, Cherry Hill West, and Bo Melton and Owen Bowles, they're all in at Rutgers, and I think they'd be very happy if Amir Mitchell decided to come join them. So I'll say that for sure. All right. Well, then, good. It was thanks again for having you on then. All right, thanks a lot. And as you know, you can follow me at Sam Hellman Scout if you ever have questions for me or want to check anything out. And after you listen to Jerry's show, if you need a little more Rutgers audio, check out the Rutgers Scoutcast on iTunes. Definitely. I'll definitely also um, put a link um, with that when I send out uh, this podcast. Right on. Thanks, Jerry. Good talking to you. All right. Thanks a lot, Sam. Bye.